0: Hi there, gang, and welcome to episode 14 of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan. Today's guest is Lorraine Pettit. Lorraine is an enterprise SDR from Gong, where we discuss her remote rhythm when onboarding, the fact that onboarding never really ends, sticky notes and Google Docs for personas, objections, and good response emails, how she earns times on calls, and why she feels her AE and SDR relationship is a match made in heaven. So how does the SDR Disco Called podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name, and every Tuesday at 8am, we're gonna have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. Hi there, gang. It's Neil Buyan here, and I'd love to introduce our next guest today. This is Lorraine Pettit. Uh, Lorraine is an SDR from Gong. She's based out in Washington in the States. Uh, She was introduced to me through a really good friend at Gong, Gabrielle. So, Gabrielle, if you're listening in, huge shout out for the connection and introduction. But Lorraine, how are you doing today?
1: Doing very well, Neil. Thank you for having me and, and putting this together.
0: Thank you for joining. I really appreciate it. So Lorraine, for the people that are listening in but that can't see you, could you kind of tell us who are you, where are you from, and currently what are you doing?
1: Yes. So uh, again, Lorraine Pettit here. Uh, I am a newly minted SDR over here at Gong, and I'm currently based in the Washington, D.C. area, as many of us are living that remote life at the moment. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, coming up on month five, being on the enterprise team, and uh enjoying it so far
0: and this is at gong just for the listeners out there like kind of what does gong do and what do you do for gong
1: Absolutely. Uh, so Gong is a uh, we like to call it a revenue intelligence platform, and what that means is it essentially captures and understands every customer-facing interaction you're having, so across phone, email, video calls, and then from there, reading back to sales leaders and reps, uh, what's happening in those interactions. So some common themes would be like one, understanding like a rapidly changing market, and, and when your competitors are coming up. Uh, two, wanting to really get an unfiltered view of where your pipeline sits. So did we cover all the steps at every stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three, of course, uh, really figuring out that secret sauce into how some folks are just overperforming versus others based off of you know what's happening in those interactions. And I would say that last part is really what pulled me into Gong in particular, uh, given that I was actually a rep that had used it in a prior life as well.
0: Ah, so you were a, a former customer turned person that helps uh, introduce his solution to other companies is that right
1: that is how gong gets you <laughs> they make an amazing product <laughs> and then they loop you in and um yeah no that that was just, that was completely what happened um i had used gong in my time at transit screen and i just was the raving fan <laughs> of it at transit screen that. for sure
0: I love it. That's actually happened to me three times over. So I know that journey when you're passionate about a product. And then you said, Oh, I'd love to work for these guys one day. And then it happens. And then hey, presto. Um, and obviously, we're going to go into like your SDR story, how like you got into Gong and sales, etc. But outside of sales, like kind of what do you do like to with your free time? What things are you interested in? Like, what does Lorraine Pettit do outside of sales?
1: yeah so um what do i do outside of sales <laughs> <No>, I know uh, i <laughs> uh really just spending time with like friends and family um finding what like simple recipes i can make from uh from like those beautiful instagram videos um love to go rollerblading uh any and all Beer gardens within like a 30 mile radius of my house. I'm like very down with as well. Just checked out the um the Guinness factory in Baltimore this weekend, which was super fun, cool. uh, with some friends. So yeah, pretty much just hanging out, just unwinding <laughs> outside Definitely. of outside of the role.
0: Love it. And obviously, I'm speaking to a lot of SDRs globally, and some people are based in Europe, some people in the US and other sides as well. I've recently been speaking out to people in Spain. How is like with the current situation that's going on in the world and a lot of people working for remote? What is it like for you out in Washington and kind of like with the other reps uh, at Gong?
1: Yeah, so I would say that it's I've definitely been super fortunate to be at a company where there's just like a deep acknowledgement that we are working remotely, which means that having, being over over communicating what needs to get done and where we're at uh, has been really instrumental. So hopping on uh, Slack calls and, and connecting with folks on that level has been super instrumental and, and especially ramping on uh, remotely. Um, I would also say that, I mean, having a tool like Gong has made that possible. Uh, when I'm reaching out to sales leaders who I see that they're expanding their teams, I'm like, hey, like I, literally just onboarded remotely (laughs) um i get that it's kind of scary it's kind of weird under these circumstances as well and so really just being able to see what good looks like for folks that are coming in can be really instrumental in easing some of that anxiety Uh, because i know i definitely felt it out the gate um and but then I, i think in terms of like that finding that remote rhythm uh it's definitely been a time where i've gotten deeper into, you know, what is my routine? Um, because it's definitely more fixed than it was before. And so making sure that I'm getting in the right amount of like both physical and mental exercise throughout the day has been really important. And, yeah. uh, and just like, I feel like once, once it hits like seven 30, my time, I'm just like, who am I going to call today? <laughs> so just also <laughs> like, um, you know, should I like, you know, give an Ellen a call, my friend Polly a call, like, just like Like, you know, making sure that you're staying in touch with folks has also been super, super important. I cannot emphasize that enough.
0: Definitely. And it's really good to hear, like you said, you've kind of experienced it yourself. You're able to give that advice to people that you are either potentially going to prospect and sell to. But I really agree with keeping your mental and physical health on point. And similarly myself, I always have friends on Speedar that I'll call throughout the day just, you know, to check in and just kind of step away from the screen and work at times because I think the hardest thing during this this situation that we're in is when you work at home and you live at home and you want to kind of have a, you know, a split between the two, that's also a healthy mix needed.
1: And you nailed um, it with like the screen, like just getting away from the screen
0: yeah. <laughs> for a minute
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: And um, as I was like when we connected a few weeks ago, I had uh, the privilege of speaking to yourself and your SDR manager as well, and I see a really great combination and a dynamic duo there. Um, but like before we go into sales and stuff, like I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, and you've had some great experiences. You've been an intern, you've travelled the world, you've done some teaching as well. Um, you're working at Transit Screen, and then came to came to Gong. What was the journey from like before Sounds Like You studying and then, you know, this journey that we're up to today? How did, how did that pan out?
1: Well, it's still panning out <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, uh, yes, what a journey. Um, so essentially, I just really have always had a passion for French culture and the language and knew that speaking. And I knew that I wanted to travel quite a bit when I was younger. Um, I have two parents that both did Peace Corps um, so very much like in a I would say definitely a well traveled circle. Um growing up and such. So with that, I knew that speaking another language was gonna be super instrumental. And so I just really continued with French. And then I was like, How am I gonna go to France? Uh it turns out teaching English is a very effective way <laughs> of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um so we did that for a little bit, thought about staying, but didn't really want to teach English and I did not have any other skills that would warrant (laughs) getting a visa. So I was like, okay, let me, you know, give a, try something else in the States. Um, And uh, so when I came back, I just was sort of like trying to figure out stuff. I had an interest in urban planning when I was in undergrad. So transit screen really jumped out to me uh, just given the transportation focus and it initially when I was exploring the company it seemed to be that could be like an interesting avenue to go around between the public and private sector um, when I was there though I just absolutely fell in love with this idea of the sales process like I think it's when you're uh, especially from like looking from the outside in I mean you just think that it's like honestly a magic trick you're like oh mm-hmm. like they close the deal. Now there's a transaction. Interesting. Like, and then some people just have the secret sauce. And it's just this thing that only like certain it's like a gated community. Like only certain people are allowed to like be a part of that sort of team. Uh, yeah. and when I was at Transit Screen, I just was given like some really awesome opportunities and uh continued from you know setting up different appointments with uh multi um, uh with different properties across the the country to, to was actually purchased from screen to then like closing some of those deals as well as an AE. And so Mm. just like through that process also had actually gotten gong. I think it was literally on day five uh, of when I was an accounting executive and I just was like, whoa. So that was another component to it as well. And just being able to learn what some of those folks on my team, I was like, man, how is like Justice and Mike closing all these like amazing deals? And so I was able Mm. to listen to like actually what's happening and then talk about it with them afterwards as well. Um, so really, that's like in a nutshell how I was like, wait, sales, interesting. What is this mm. world? And I think the SDR function in particular is super instrumental in giving you like any and all flavors of what that um, process looks like, uh, you know, because you're, you're there from the gate uh, and working with prospects.
0: So traveling the world to experience teaching, then realizing to come back home, working with Transit Screen, um, having that experience of like booking meetings and then actually going into the actual of closing deals, coming across this cool technology called Gong, which gave you that X-ray vision as to what these closers are doing, kind of helping you out. Uh, And then it brought you to where you are. Is, is, Is that right?
1: Yes, and I'm absolutely going to steal that x ray vision uh, in my next <laughs> going forward. That's a great way of describing that. Absolutely.
0: And it'd be really interesting to pick upon, like, when you went into Transit Screen. So, just for the listeners that may not be aware of the company, so Gong, we know as a software as a service tool, like, what did Transit Screen scale and what was that world about?
1: Yeah, so we uh, provided real time transportation displays across all public and private. Uh, systems of transportation. So obviously, you know, bus metro, as well as Uber, Lyft, any scooters, bikes that would be in the area. Um, I'm loving as I'm describing this, I feel like I'm just right back in the role. Um, <laughs> and we primarily were like working with uh, uh, multifamily, um, like apartment buildings, that sort of thing, as well as uh, a couple of corporate clients and uh, a few private or public partnerships as well.
0: So, in essence, kind of like two different parallel worlds of kind of what you were selling before to kind of what you're selling now, and um as you said you you mentioned two people that you were that were closing deals and you were trying to learn from them How would you compare of kind of like your onboarding experience of like transit screen to compare to like what you've recently been going through with Gong? What would you say the key differences have been for you?
1: I would say the biggest difference has just been the scale of the team I mean when I was at Transit screen, we were I think, I want to say around like 28 people, like total. So like, yeah. it was like five reps, whereas like, we have like, at a, a Gong is like, I think, oh my gosh, I think we're now around like 80 SCR, or no, 60. Wow. 60 SCRs. Honestly, we've just been adding, we just had a bunch of new hires this month as well. So there's just yeah. the scale of the team is is really different. um, And, and with that, just having a different scope of things to to explore. So, and and of course, uh, I mean, having like, myself, I'm able to like listen to different like cold calls that people are doing, um, and that sort of thing. So, I think for for folks that are thinking of what kind of you know onboarding experience I'm looking for, I would take into consideration like really two things. Like one, what what sort of scale of the team are we looking at? Because I think that will really determine uh, how much content and focus you're able to get from the role. And then two thinking about what are reps that are currently in the seat doing to better themselves. Because candidly I feel like the onboarding experience like is just so ongoing because mm. I was just like talking about that about this with um actually with my dad last night. I was just like, I feel like it's constantly like changing. I mean you try one thing and then you're like, cool, I figured it out. Great, I'm gonna run with this. And then, like, you'll hit a wall <laughs> the next couple goes, um, because it's really never going to be the same. So, uh, I think that you know, the onboarding process is really probably not going to end. You're gonna, like, obviously know the role way better in five months, but having that appetite to try out new things and figure out what is and isn't working is really, really instrumental. I mean, that's really going to be your differentiator, I think, in general. So, having a context of how other reps are already doing that on the team, I think would be, Mm. I mean, that'd be definitely a question I would have asked. I got fortunate because, oh my goodness, everyone at Gong is just like, let's figure this out, (laughs) let's try this out, like what's happening here? So I think that that's just like a good question to ask, like especially when you're evaluating different um, orgs to join.
0: 100%. I think um, a really good question I had, uh, well, a really good conversation I had with somebody where they're like saying, like you can do onboarding programs where they, teach you about the product, the industry, the market, kind of the personas you're speaking to, that's kind of like table stakes. That's the stuff we're going to know because this is a platform we sell. But what they're really interested to know as candidates or perhaps they're hiring for a job, they're like, what learning and development will I receive when I join this organization? So what insights can I learn from top sales leaders or from marketing managers or, you know, like you said, people that are in the role actually right now, what are they doing to be successful? Because I think education is priceless And you can't always just package it in a PowerPoint presentation or an e-learning video. It's that interaction with your team, having the insights as to kind of what they're doing. That's really important. And it's the same way with me. Like when I'm training SDRs, I can't just give, um, you know, like a syllabus or a course and say, this is it. This is what's going to make you successful. I find, and even through like these podcast shows, I've learned so much speaking to great SDRs like yourself. um, And then sharing that knowledge and it's constantly growing so in a nutshell, hashtag always be learning and to your point, like the the hunger to kind of want to learn and improve yourself. And it is always going to be changing. Right. Um, and like you said, like you're, you're onboarding with Gong, like when we spoke, like you've been with them for a few months. You've kind of come out on the other side at the moment. You're in the trenches. What was the onboard? What was your perfect? What made that onboarding experience so good for you, Lorraine?
1: I think so much of it really comes back to the culture of the team. I mean, everyone is just like, as I was mentioning, everyone's just so hungry to learn more and be better. Um, And I think that just even remotely, (laughs) which is uh, mind blowing, um, you even feel that over Zoom and like in the winnings channel for sure. Um, So I think that's super important as well as just hopping on like 15 minute sessions with folks and putting that time on people's calendars has been super, super uh, instrumental with that as well. And honestly, just listening to Gong Calls. <laughs> That's been really good. <laughs> um, and just like being able to see, uh, like I do that constantly when I, in, when we have a, a sales channel where it's just like all of the new business as well as new meetings that are being booked. And so anytime that there's something in there that I really see from anyone, but especially folks that I know my, back pocket or like, oh, I know that they're setting up some key meetings. Mm. Um, Just hopping in there. Uh, you can jump straight to like the Gong deal page and like see that deal in Salesforce as well. And just soaking up like what is happening there, what's not happening there uh, as well. So I think just like constantly having to chase like what does good look like is mm. what has been really helpful with the onboarding process. And then I also got super fortunate with like a great manager and team. So (laughs) definitely ask good questions around that when you're exploring.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you're right. Like, um, I think when I used to be an SDR manager, I'd always want to get questions from the candidate as to what can I do as a leader? What do they expect from me? Um, And I'd say like coaching, training, you know, if you just want to have a chat to kind of work a play through, this is what I'd want to offer you to kind of help you be successful in your role. Um, And like you said, culture. So being able to learn from a great team that's kind of on the same wavelength as you, they're as energized, they're as hungry, as passionate as you. And to your point, having a great content or resource library of information and calls. uh, And like you said, constantly keeping yourself up to date. And it's a question I'd love to ask as well. I was speaking to um, another SDR on one of the shows. I think it was uh, from G2 Crowd And they got flown out to the U.S. to kind of learn about their industry. They sat in meetings with their leaders. They jumped on Zoom calls. And there's a lot of information that you have to take on board during onboarding. Like uh, how do you deal with the wealth of information that comes in and how do you kind of like manage it so Lorraine can handle it on a day-to-day basis with all the constant changes that are going on
1: so i guess on a material level my laptop has a lot of stickies <laughs> that are open <laughs> of different things whether that be like key people to go after um what sort of scripts i'm using um you know what sort of just key things to keep in mind um and essentially i guess the process that i've over time have sort of built up is that i'll just like dumb things onto a sticky <laughs> in the moment where i'm like oh like that's a good rebuttal or oh that's a uh, interesting way of framing that have that living there and then eventually it typically lives in like three main docs like google docs that i just work off of um Mm. so one of them is like different variations of the script depending on persona the second one being what are some really good rebuttals or ways of you know responding to maybe these main key objections that i hear coming up from folks um Mm. and then like three is just like templates of emails that have been well or, or well, well received and, and like responded to um so i think those are kind of like the main ones in terms of like really tactical information that i try to keep track of <laughs> um and i guess the last bit i guess the third the fourth doc there would be uh, any any uh company information around the folks that i'm prospecting into so keeping track of any uh earnings calls any interesting partnerships that i saw they're going through uh, new leadership they're bringing on really anything that I can like tie back to, you know, you know, with given that this is happening, have you considered, you know, gong X, Y, and Z. Um, so I think just from like a tactical standpoint, that's sort of how I'm keeping track of that. And then, Mm. um, I guess what would be outside of that? Like, I guess I don't really have anything else, I guess, outside of that that I'm using, but, um, (laughs) yeah. Does that answer your question, I guess,
0: of like it, how? Yeah, it does. It does. like um, It's kind of how you're keeping yourself up to date what are the resources that you're using, like um, having the sticky notes to the side, like having the three main docs. Um, and I really like that element of keeping up to date with your prospects, what's going on in their company, on the earnings call, et cetera. And I'd say with a lot of SDRs that I speak to, I said, before you go into prospecting, before you pick up that phone call, know a little bit about your customer before reaching out rather than just trying to go in with a sales pitch. So I'd always say, like, check the three main channels of anything on social media, like they're not only on LinkedIn, they could be on Twitter, they could have a a business Instagram page, they could have Facebook, there could be nuggets of information in there. Or if you want to head out to their website and look at their annual reports, if they're a public company, um, they have to pitch to investors to keep getting that money in for the shareholders. So they have to lay out their plans of kind of what are they doing for sales? What are they doing for marketing? What are they doing for security? And you'll find key stakeholders in the business that might be part of a team, that you may also want to put into your prospecting efforts as well. But obviously, um, with a lot of us in sales and marketing and as SDRs, like we are on LinkedIn as well. So not only would I check on somebody's LinkedIn as to what's their job title and current, what's their function, I also check out their activity. What posts are they liking? What are they commenting on? Because then I get a flavor as to, okay, what type of person is this? What's the stuff that they like to read upon? What do they like to engage on? And then do I have any content in-house that when I send out that prospecting email or I go into that cold call and say, hey, Lorraine, I've got some great content on revenue intelligence or I've got great insights on how to hit your target as an SDR five months in. Would that be interesting to you? You know, and trying to make it personal. But for me, how do I keep up to date with it? LinkedIn, because I see it from great SDRs like yourself posting stuff on Um, And it's not just only in blogs, et cetera. Um, And that's another key thing. Like when we're learning, we all learn in different ways. So again, speaking to another guest, um, I advise to him that I'm a visual learner. So I love to watch videos. I'm not really somebody that reads many books. Uh, I have a whole bunch of books. that I've never finished that are in my apartment, uh, but I only go to them every now and then. Or some people are more technical learners. So they like to see spec sheets, pricing sheets, et cetera. How do you best learn, Rain, like when you're taking in new information?
1: Probably through videos and um, when it's like a business case, I would say, um, like I do love, I mean, seeing like, oh, like this is a, an experience a a client had been using us. Like that, that sort of information I think is super, super helpful because you're really seeing everything in front of you, like their personality, like what sort of genuine value they got from that solution. Um, and then I think going through you know, snippets of like earnings calls has also been super helpful for me in learning what do you really care about? Because when you're like, see, because obviously within an earnings call, like there's not going to be like, oh, we're doing terrible. Like this is so bad. Like (laughs) here are all these issues that we're, you know, obviously it's going to be presenting like a certain image of the business. That's going to look good as you're mentioning to key stakeholders um, or shareholders. So with that, I mean, being able to like, look at, like we are focused on, like there was one account I was looking into, like we are focused on virtual account management in response to covid and immediately i was like and we've just acquired this like new business like two months ago i was like cool like i can like obviously that's that's a good thing to explain to their shareholders but also to myself i know like oh virtual account management obviously a ton of connection with gong um and like being able to you know obviously capture all that virtually as well as this new that they, they just acquired, like getting that time to value for something like that is going to be and, and seeing that across our team will also probably add value to them. So what I'm going and then I mean, that was one example of a, of a call that went super well and um, got some really positive feedback from the prospect because he was just like, how did you like know all this stuff? And I was like, <laughs> first of all, I only knew two pieces of information when you really realize that, you know, think about it. Um, mm. And I just thought it was relevant. And I think that like from an SDR function, like being able to share enough that it's like, you've give you can give me like the, you can give me like five minutes, you know, like you can, I've earned some time to chat about this. You said you're going into a meeting, but like, I've just demonstrated some value. Um, let me give you at least like a, an overview, right? I mean, I think just having it, and that's something I talk about with my account executive a lot. Like, it's not about knowing like, every single person at the company and like what their functions are, but like, what are the things that you can do to earn the time to then explain the the real reason why you're, you're reaching out.
0: That, that personalized approach, like you said, demonstrating value when you're catching them at that time to leave a good impact. And as they said, like, how did you know all of that? But you said, I only had two pieces of information, but you warranted that conversation with them. I love it. Um, and you mentioned another key piece that you said, these are things that you speak about with your account executives. So, um, spoken to a lot of SDRs where they have great relationships with their AEs or sometimes it's not the way that they would like and they'd hope for it to be better. Like, uh, What's the relationship like with your AE whilst you're working at Gong Lorraine?
1: We don't get along at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am so incredibly fortunate. Brian Yeh is an absolute delight to work with. Big old shout out to him. Um, really, Him in particular, I think has been really um, I feel like when I'm working with him and I'm getting like a mini MBA, because I mean, even what I was describing to you with those two examples, like, I mean, obviously the virtual account management component makes a lot of sense, but like, you know, with a new acquisition, like, what does that really mean for a business? Like, I don't have as much context around that, but just from our conversations and um, me even seeing some of the stuff that he sent out before, like time to value new acquisition, that's a priority for someone who's like at the C-suite level you know, someone that should be making a decision on Gong, like just being able to be around him has been super helpful in figuring out, you know, how I can add value in those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that having those, like pretty regular touch points with your AE is super... it seems like most folks have like a one-to-one sort of pairing. So um, I think having those like one-to-one touch points and really celebrating each other's wins, like Mm. when we get a really good meeting on the books, you know, we're both like super amped up about it um, for sure. And when he gets his, his wins in, I'm like, obviously explosive because I'm like, you know, we're working with an enterprise, like, this is a big deal. Like, yeah. so I think that really celebrating each other is super, um, I found to be super helpful, um, I guess in life in general, but especially <laughs> when you're, uh, when you're working with someone like that.
0: So shouts out to Brian, if you're listening in, um, you've made a really good impact on the rain there. And I love that. And You mentioned some key points like having that synergy with them, like celebrating the wins, like if you book a meeting and it converts and closes, he'll celebrate with you. And equally, when he closes a deal, you celebrate and you can learn a lot from that. And things where there maybe are gaps in your knowledge, they can provide that coaching and teaching. And I think that's what really brings together relationships with SDRs and AEs. And the last point you mentioned there, which was the the frequency and the touch points that you have with them. So I think way back when, when I was an SDR and I had to support, I was like one SDR to four AEs. That was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And I I remember I had uh, Turlock, Brendan uh, and Justin in the the offices for Zora in London. And uh, Mondays was mental because I would have like 30 minute sessions with them about their target account lists, um, discuss kind of like what deals are in play, what meetings have converted. And then what I would do is catch up with them on a Friday at the end of the week to kind of say, hey, guys, this is what's happened. I think we should drop these accounts because there's something going on in that industry. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but also, I want to get an update on my meetings that I provided you. You know, like there is commission for me to be made and I kind of want to know where that is. But I also want to know which of the deals that I provided have closed. And then also, if any opportunities weren't accepted, I wanted to know from the horse's mouth why And what could I do differently next time? And that was really important to me. But I've worked with a lot of STRs that have different ways of working with their AEs. Like, how do you and Brian keep in touch? And how do you kind of like keep a pulse on things?
1: So we do touch base at the beginning and the end of every week. So similar to what you were describing there. Um, And just like slacking each other throughout the week of you know hey this came up or hey can you if he like needs me to like send out something to someone um you know send a sendoso or a soft touch point happy to do that as well uh and helping like kind of help quarterback you know where things are going and then you know on my end like I'm, i'm always um like one thing that we're trying out right now is uh and I, I mean, I guess I sort of said it there like having that. So you're, you're having with your AE that like you're trying out different things together to get their feedback on things. So, for example, uh, there is a couple of meetings that we've set up, and um, you know, maybe that touch point has gone a little bit dark, ghosted a little bit. And so, how can we like loop in other people into this conversation, especially going at a higher level? So, mm-hmm. uh, I've been putting together like in particular, to do sequences that are hyper-focused on going super wide within the org, but also like adding a lot of business value upfront based off of those prior conversations. And so, getting his feedback of like, "Hey, what do you think of this email?" Uh, you know, how, in the way that I described, like what I gathered from this conversation yeah. with so and so before. Um, so, I think having that, being able to get that feedback as well, and and asking for help, uh, I think just helps to strengthen the relationship in general because. Uh, I mean, at least definitely, definitely for Brian, he's definitely a helper, um, for sure, always, always open to to help out folks. But I think in general, people appreciate that. Because when you're asking for help, you're like acknowledging that that person has an expertise that you want to learn from. uh, And that makes everyone feel good, you know, no matter what Mm. that is.
0: And I think that's a, a really interesting point and an important point about asking for help. I think I've, I've been in it myself. I've seen it with SDRs where, they're too scared to ask for help with the fear of maybe looking dumb in front of their peers. And I always say to ask for help is actually a sign of strength, not weakness, because it shows that you care and you kind of want to work this through. So having that somebody like that, Brian, where you can go ask him for help, he gives the feedback and coaching, I think is super valuable for, for other SEO. So if anybody's listening out there, have no fear in asking your A for help, because, again, you guys are working towards the same goal of, you know, trying to break into new accounts, speak to new people, And it's really cool where you're saying that you're creating cadences which are like super personalized or focused and getting feedback. And I've also seen this work well where SDRs like create these great sequences, these great cadences, this great messaging. And the AEs are like, whoa, dude, like how did you come up with that? And then giving them like merit to say like, look, that's super cool. Let's try it out. And then if the AEs start doing it as well and you both are kind of SDRing together, I love, I love that sort of rhythm that they can do. So if there's like a, a new SDR that's joining a company and, you know, they've just been introduced to their, their, their future AE, what advice would you give to them in that first meeting? What things do you think you should be doing with your new AE?
1: I would think about it like 50% talking about like the book of accounts, but also 50% like just talking to that person. Um, cause I think that, especially now that we don't, that we can't just like, you know, go for coffee or like walk down the hallway and stuff uh, really just taking, like if you have a 30 minute meeting, like commit the first 15 minutes to just talking to that person and like asking them like what we're talking about here um, mm. or maybe, maybe even less technical than this, but just like having a conversation or like, what are you interested in? Like, especially I always love asking the question, like why did you join this company mm. um, in particular? Like what's your story? Uh, you know, just diving into those like tidbits and have and come having read obviously their LinkedIn and sort of having a general framework of the last like two or three companies they were with, um, just as a launching pad for that because I think that especially I mean you will get to the book of accounts. Do not stress about that. Like you'll you'll <laughs> get there. Um, but you can't really. It's harder to kind of go backwards if that makes sense. Like if you start out with a good relationship and kind of have a context for that person, you already have that built. And then when you're talking about the book of accounts or when things go awry or when things go really well it just like feels better and it's easier to communicate whereas if you don't have that context it's sort of like oh yeah let's like build this relationship i don't know like <laughs> it's not <laughs> as like it's it's like oh no actually this didn't go super great uh and so i think just like having that is like super important as well
0: i agree and as you've been saying that out loud i've been thinking that's kind of how us as SDRs, we want to be speaking to our prospects. We want to do a little bit of research, check them out to have an initial bit of rapport before we start talking about demos, solution and trying to book a meeting, right? You want to get to know that person. You want to know kind of like what makes them tick, like what's their objectives. And then you can kind of figure out how can I align to that? How can I help? And also how can I learn from that as well? But yeah, people are people and you want to connect with people first before you know like talking about books of business and, and work and stuff and I love that so that's even made me think out loud as well um Brian sounds like a super cool guy um and I've 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 been having a thought about future shows where we can kind of like I'm not going to give the title because that's still in stealth mode in my head but kind of like having a duo of SDR and AE together like on a call at the same time to kind of learn like the plays of how you guys work and I think if you're up for it Lorraine maybe in the future we could have you in a Brian back. how how does that sound?
1: I absolutely would love that. And I think he would be also very down (laughs) to do that as well, for sure. All
0: right. I'll definitely put that down for, for future. So we've been having a really good conversation. We're coming towards the end of the show today. So if you were to give three bits of advice to a younger version of Lorraine, who's just about to start on this journey, what three bits of advice would you give them, Lorraine?
1: Number one, just keep going. Um, I think that is really, it's like the hardest, but also like the most important, I think, mindset to have. Um, just keep going. Uh, number two, I'm going to use like a little bit of a a bridge analogy um, of an of, of a bridge, of course. But um, I was just talking about this with my mom last week of like, you know, every, when you're building a bridge, like there is a team of scientists that have, or of engineers that have determined like. This is the strength and, you know, ability we need this bridge to be at to like have this number of, uh, of cars to get across over these next this like number of years. And so I yeah. think being able to reach a level like this is good enough, is also super important. And like a lot of what we've been talking about here today is around you know obviously having that hunger to go after things, but also recognize when it is it is good enough. Like. When you have cro- you have done what you needed to do to get that prospect into a meeting, to have that conversation, you've added that value. Um, not feeling the need that you have to then like, okay, let me take up half my day to like make sure this really happens. Like, yeah, we've set it up, we're good. On to the next. Um, so that would be number two, and I think number three is just like have fun, enjoy it. It's like it's really there for th- this is supposed to be an enjoyable experience, because if it wasn't, like we would just be <laughs> a little bit too much of doing an SDR job if you're not really going to enjoy it. So I think just having fun with it uh, is also super important as well. And of course, as with anything, there's a lot of connections between I think the SDR role and like a lot of other <laughs> components of our lives, but having fun is probably the most important.
0: You have to enjoy, what you have to love what you do, right? Um, and as you mentioned, it doesn't have to be completely perfect. But you're happy with what you've done and there's always room for improvement and progression and learning as well um i think that's some solid advice lorraine and uh obviously we've given a shout out to to brian but are there any is there anyone else out there you'd like to give a shout out
1: yes my manager nadine Durand. she's absolutely a pleasure to work with and someone that i draw a lot of inspiration from when i'm going out there day to day so really just being like the ultimate cheerleader the ultimate supporter um, as well as just giving great advice and always being there to help reframe situations when you might feel like you're a bit stuck in the mud. So, uh, definitely appreciate you deeply, Nadine. Thank you for all that you do.
0: Hmm. Maybe a podcast episode with Manager A and SDR.
1: Maybe all think four of us plus all the four eight.
0: Of us. <laughs> yeah, do you know. All right, leave, leave that one with me. I will. I'll think about that more. But um, Lorraine, I just wanted to say thank you so much for for joining and imparting your knowledge uh, on us and the listeners at the SDR Disco Call Podcast. We definitely want to have you back in the future um, to see kind of how things have gone on, and maybe that's with Brian and Nadine as well. So, uh, Lorraine, thank you so much, and I wish you all the best, and most importantly, happy selling.
1: Thank you so much, Neil. This was an absolute pleasure.
0: Disco call one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.